Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks and Joanne Crabtree. Today, our topic is advocacy, using your organizational voice to affect change at an even bigger scale. In this particular moment, as we're dealing with COVID, as our communities are having conversations about police reform, as we all think about how to dismantle systemic racism, we are all at this point of recognition that all of our missions are a part of a bigger collective. And as the builders of a movement for our mission, we can catalyze change, taking the small story of our small nonprofit organization and shining a light on the bigger issues that affect it upstream and downstream. As nonprofit organizations, we've been historically shy about advocacy on the whole. Most of us feel like we don't know how to do it. We may even find it political or distasteful, and we worry about its legal implications. But we want to talk today about why you need to be engaged in advocacy, why you need to be a catalyst for change for the mission bigger than that of your organization, and why now more than ever, you need to form a relationship with government officials. So what do we mean when we say advocacy? That's a great question because it's a word that can mean different things in different contexts. So today what we mean is standing up and giving voice to the public policy issues that impact your organization. So often even in voting, we think my individual vote doesn't matter. But then we see that when a whole lot of votes come together, suddenly they do matter. And so what we're talking about today is using your voice, your connections, your relationships, your messaging, everything that you do to elevate public policy issues and to see advocacy, to see public policy as another tool in your toolbox. Right, and just imagine if you're a policymaker, they have to know a lot about a huge range of topics. They have to make a lot of decisions really fast and they need the experts in those niche fields to help them understand the issues quickly and concisely and with just those crispest of talking points that you've created. They're working on so many different issues at so many different times at a really quick pace and they need you to help them. So when we think about how to do advocacy, I think of advocacy as having two key components. There's a long-term game plan and there's a short-term game plan. In the long game, you're working to build a relationship before you need specific help. You're thinking about how your organization can become the trusted source for that decision maker. And I should be clear that decision maker could be as local as your school board or your town council, or it can be as broad as a congressman or senator. You'll know what level of government you need to be influencing based on your issue. But in the long game, you're thinking all the time about how do I position this organization as the expert in the field in this area on this matter so that when a topic comes across their table and they have to make a decision on it, they think, ah, I should call that organization and find out what they think about this matter. You want to be seen as a voice of your community. And if you can do that, you will be in a position of influence when topics come down the path. 
When I think about examples of a long game strategy and advocacy, I keep coming back to a community recycling center that for a long time thought, well, we're just doing our work. We're trying to figure out how to get people to recycle. We're trying to focus in on what we do with all these products once we have them. And they didn't really see a role for advocacy. They then started to quietly build a relationship, not really knowing why, with their local representatives. And when some import and export rules changed about what could or couldn't be on a marketplace for recyclable goods, they suddenly had someone to go to to say, wow, we are being deeply affected by what's happening in this. Sometimes you just have no idea where that relationship is going to take you. And it just starts with simply explaining your cause, your impact, and why you're important in your community. And there will be a moment when that becomes important. In the short game, you're thinking more about an issue that has come up. Perhaps it caught you off guard or perhaps you knew it was coming, but it needs to be responded to immediately. And if you haven't yet built a relationship with the decision makers in charge of that choice, you still can make a difference with advocacy. And in those cases, I think you rely on the movement of people who support your organization, whether that's the folks who you work with on your board, your donors, or those you are serving. You are working to mobilize them and to use their voices directly to the decision makers so that they can influence and educate a decision maker about what needs to happen. You know, I really like how you frame this because so often we think about nonprofits needing the help of a policymaker. And you've really flipped it that not only do nonprofits need the help of policymakers, but policymakers need the help of nonprofits, that we can help them to better do their job. And by doing so, we can strengthen our mission. A short-term example of advocacy is a senior center that received a significant part of its budget from the city. And all of a sudden there were city budget cuts and they were actually going to cut about 20% of that senior center budget. Boy, did they mobilize. They mobilized the people who lived within that senior center, the families of folks who lived in the senior center, the larger community that came to the center for various activities and connections. And from that mobilized community of people who cared, the city council heard some stories that they were not aware of and they changed their decisions. So there are times when you really have to mobilize everyone who cares about your mission so that decision makers can understand the impacts of their votes. I love this long game, short game piece as well. I think about advocacy as being like a house. You have that everyday advocacy, that stuff you need to do every single day. You need to wash the dishes, you need to vacuum the floor. Similarly, a nonprofit needs to be communicating, be connecting, be sharing what they're doing. And that's just the everyday function of keeping house, so to speak. Sometimes there's a hole in the roof and there's, you know, all of a sudden you need to focus on one thing in order to keep that flood from happening. And similarly, a nonprofit might face a sudden budget cut or sudden policy change. So you all of a sudden have to mobilize your movement of people, your connections, your relationships to address that. And lastly, there's this thing that so many people think that advocacy is lobbying. And advocacy is so much more than lobbying. But to go to our house analogy, sometimes you want to expand your mission, you want to expand your house, you need a bigger footprint, so you build that addition, and that's what lobbying is. I know I've done a lot of board training, a lot of board members have told me, oh, but nonprofits can't do lobbying. We can't get involved in that. And I think it's really important to say that nonprofits can do lobbying, can be involved in advocacy. 
at the federal level, there are some limits, but so many organizations don't come anywhere near those limits. So that's not something to be super concerned about, depending what you're doing. There's also state laws. I know if you're in Washington, there's disclosure rules and other states have rules. But again, those rules are not keeping you from doing lobbying. They're just tracking what you're doing. So, so reach out and explore what those rules are because they should not be a barrier to your action. It's my understanding that we can speak about our issues, but we can't specifically endorse a candidate. Is that what you understand at the federal level? That's exactly right. So we can do so much around educating people about issues, explaining how budgets are used, explaining how that impacts our clients or the people we serve. We just can't endorse a party or a candidate. So questions we have for you. What are you doing today to build relationships with someone who might have influence over your legislation, funding, or other actions that will matter to your mission? Also, what are you doing to help your network of supporters feel like they are knowledgeable enough to help advocate for you when the time is right? Reach out to anyone and everyone who can help you and also has an interest in what you're doing and is doing work that you're also doing. So let's get really practical. How do you do this? Step one, I think, is to figure out the access points of power that your organization has. Make a list of all the decision makers who might impact your mission. Again, that could be at a very local level. It could be all the way up to a federal level. Write them down, get their contact information, and start by simply asking if anyone on your board or staff already has a relationship with either that policymaker or their staff. Sometimes your best access point to a policymaker is through their staff. Once you have that list, then start thinking about how you can communicate with the key policymakers for your mission before you need them. Start with a thank you. Maybe you can pay attention to a, something that they've recently passed that actually helps your mission, even if you disagree with them on lots of issues. Find something to thank them for, and then state clearly what you do as an organization, how large you are, how big your movement is, and the impact you have in your community. Share one good data point or one good story that they don't know and show them that you are the expert in the field and that you know how to move your issue forward and then thank them for their service. I feel like right now, especially, just taking the moment to say thank you opens a lot of doors. Add their office to your e-news list. Again, sometimes their staffer is the person who's going to make the decision as to whether or not you get time with them. So making sure that staff person feels good about your mission and your work and your communication. And I recommend keeping a log. I do this so I know what date I've contacted someone and then I can say, oh, it's been a quarter since I last reached out to representative so-and-so. I should do that. It's a great little tickle reminder. And on the practical side, if it's a short game you have to play, how to build that movement, make a list of the one or two most pressing issues for your organization right now. What is it you're responding to? And create two to three clear talking points really clear, not hard to understand. If you had to write a headline in the newspaper, what would you want it to read about your issue? And then ask people in your movement to share their reaction to that. I find it's often easier to ask them first to share it in our newsletter or our digital newsletter. So they kind of get a little bit of practice 
saying their story. Sometimes if you say, hey, would you go to our state capitol and present before, you know, the House of Representatives, people get a little nervous. But if you say, hey, would you first share this in our Zoom event or in our newsletter, you can actually get them feeling pretty comfortable and confident as they get good feedback. So think about who might be a great spokesperson for you that's not literally the organization, but that you can help shape that story with them so they, they don't feel intimidated going into the process. I think those are great ideas. Our word for the week is catalyst. What comes to mind for me is that dropping a stone in the water in those concentric circles that come outward from that. If you think about it, there are a whole lot of nonprofit people in your community. There's a whole lot of conversation about how things need to change, how we budget needs to change, policies need to change, how we treat each other needs to change. We talk a lot about change, and we have all these people in our community who are doing heroes work, running and leading our nonprofit. What if we brought those two together and we really catalyzed a movement of people who saw public policy as a key tool to get to that change? I think it's a great word. So I think it's really important for us to remember that anybody can be a catalyst. Age doesn't matter. Position doesn't matter. None of that matters. I know a nine-year-old well who lobbied his school to get the day off and actually go and meet with representatives in Olympia. That may be out of reach for a lot of people, but most people have access to a telephone or email and certainly a note. We invite you to reach out in any way that you can. And remember that your voice matters and you are important in this work. The last thing I want to say about the word catalyst, and it may not fit the definition, I admit I was never a good chemistry student, is that when I think about a catalyst, I think about an accelerant. I think about something that multiplies, that moves us beyond what we were. And I love small nonprofits because we can be so focused in our area and in our work zone, but we often feel like we don't have much power because we're small. And I love what you said, Nancy, about how we come together then to be something bigger. And I love what you said, Joanne, about it doesn't matter what your position or title or age or access is. We actually do have stories to tell. And when we leave space organizationally for those we're working with on our mission to tell those stories, they are incredibly powerful and they become the catalysts for change in our mission. We invite you to reframe your thinking about what advocacy is and what it isn't. Recognize that it's both a short-term and a long-term effort. Now is a great time to think about amplifying voices. You got this. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll share this episode of the Nonprofit Radio Show with your colleagues, friends, and family. Nonprofit Radio Show. Sunshine for small nonprofits. Tune in for our next episode on your favorite podcasting site or at nonprofitradioshow.com. Nonprofit Radio Show is hosted by Nancy Bacon, Sarah Brooks, and Joanne Crabtree. Music composed by Riley Crabtree.